Let's shake it up a little. Welcome to the Salt and Pepper Podcast. With a little bit of salt and a little bit of spice to to make make your Tuesday just right. I'm Olivia, an entrepreneur, content creator, and a friend to call if you need some encouragement. And I'm Lisa, a mom, an artist, and I'm not your average pastor's wife. Our mission is to bring you episodes every week that will inspire you, help you grow, and bring a smile to your face. Through renowned entrepreneurs and experts, social media personalities, and our super witty and cute banter. This podcast is for the girl who wants to learn about her health, has big dreams and knows that complacency is never an option. She also has time in her schedule for two new BFFs. Because there is one thing we are confident in. It's It's always better better when salt and pepper come together. Welcome to the Salt and Pepper Podcast. My name's Olivia. My name is Lisa. And on today's episode, we had... Our moms. Yeah. <laughs> our new oh, mommy. Hopefully our new mommy. <laughs> our new skin mommy, our uh. new doctor, our new BFF. Jan Marini is incredible and she is a powerhouse. And um, she's so smart. She, a product developer and a, a, like a product. female powerhouse. Yeah. Yes. She's like, like an inspiration to you. all of us, to yeah. everybody. Um, yeah, she's a skincare expert. And we go, to be honest, we just said, like, instead of Jesus take the wheel, it's like Jan Marini take the wheel. And she just went off and it's everything everybody needs in life. It's the perfect type of guest to have on any podcast who you give them a question and they know exactly what you're asking, which isn't just that question. Right. It, it has so much more behind it and she mm-hmm. gives all of it. Well, and you can tell she does this a lot because she's mm-hmm. just so good at so what good she at does. It. Oh, we, I can't wait for you guys to listen to it. I'm so excited to listen back because she was saying words that I'm like, can you break that down syllable by syllable? I know. I'm like, so glad it was saying? all recorded. Yes, you're so smart. Um, but before we do that, let's get down to the silver lining of the week. Okay, I I have one and it goes off of our episode um my skincare whatever you want to call Journey. it her hump oh. maybe the hump that the I've hump gone through in my skincare, skincare my hurdles. hurdle just yeah. like I I can just get really frustrated with skincare and um I know products like I I well not as much products I know what ingredients are in Mm -hmm. skincare but I can still be really frustrated because I'm like but is that like potent enough or is that like the only uh ingredient to do that is there a better one should I be looking for it can be so overwhelming and she was even talking about um how products in lines at spas or medical offices it doesn't mean it does anything I worked at a spa and I didn't like our products and I thought they were bs so I didn't like to sell them and I would tell them go to CVS and get this one thing it's actually way better for you or like I like this product line way more um and talking to her I you actually know that there's so much actual research behind every little ingredient yeah it wasn't about opinion she was like here's the actual medical scientific reason why these things are happening and it goes back to she's she's citing her resources and giving names and saying they founded this and this and they found out this about whatever this element 
It's wild. I'm so excited to show Arturo that I'm right and he's wrong and nanny, nanny, nanny. About uh, sunscreen. Okay, what's your silver lining? Um, okay, so I guess my silver lining could be um, I booked my biggest wedding I've ever booked. Not recently. This was a couple weeks ago. Congrats. But um, it was, yeah, because I'm kind of moving towards raising my prices because I don't want to be doing weddings for forever. So it kind of has to be worth it for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the type of weddings that I want to be doing just are the more higher yeah. end ones. No offense, red solo cup weddings out there. Um, <laughs> kind of offense. <laughs> kind but. of offense. Um, but also the girl was like, this is my dream come true. Like, I can't believe you're filming my wedding. This is the best thing that's ever happened. This is but such client. a hard year. And I'm like bring it down a couple notches because like I hope I can deliver for you but it was just really nice to feel like oh you're booking a really high package and you're like valuing she knows your worth yeah what I'm worth as opposed to trying to like nickel and dime and that's really common and I get it like and Mm -hmm. I tell every bride that I'm like weddings are so expensive if you don't book with me like I totally get why right but it's really nice typically when it's other people paying for the wedding you know like Mm -hmm. mom and dad are paying or whatever and I'm like those are the best clients because they know they'll be able to you know make it happen so yeah it's gonna be I have two weddings this year at Belfiore which which I haven't done weddings there yet and they're just so beautiful beautiful. Mm -hmm. um yeah and I'm like in the midst of editing my New York wedding content year for sure I know yeah it's it's gonna be great and then yeah editing the New York wedding I'm really starting to dive into that and I'm like wow that's actually so cool I love those videos I know they were like the subway ones I know so yeah I'm trying to find the silver lining within something that maybe I you know I don't necessarily want to do this for the rest of my life but it's cool to find bits and pieces of it that I'm like oh this is actually pretty cool that's awesome doing this so yeah um but let's dive into our episode so um Jan Marini founded Jan Marini skincare research in 1994 she has been a product researcher for well over 40 years um Jan is credited with originating physician office dispensing which I don't even get that because that's like the coolest thing ever um she is a respected icon in the physician and aesthetic skincare space and has been sought after speaker at medical conferences throughout the U.S. and abroad um so like we said she's the real deal this Mm -hmm. is an opinion she's incredible and she wasn't wearing foundation and I don't even know how that's possible that you guys are gonna have to go to the reels if you're not in in watching this yes um it's it's incredible I couldn't believe it to be the first person to say no we're gonna sell products as estheticians that's literally revolutionary that's literally insane yeah that's insane yeah I don't get it yeah so smart and she's coming back on the show January. oh yeah so we are we already have it scheduled everyone. we already have it scheduled we are going to be doing skin myths with her so if you're listening to this and you're like if only jan could answer my questions dm us and ask us what those are and we'll ask her whatever you see circulating mm-hmm. such as my antibacterial soap <laughs> you're never gonna live that i'm down. really not uh mishap uh, anything that you see going yeah. on, she's going to look it up. We're literally going to be sending her things within yeah. the next few months. And she is going to be researching them, looking them up. And she's going to tell us whether it's good or not and why. I love that. And it's so also kind of scary. I'm like, what do I do? <laughs> um, anyway, let's uh, shake it up with Jan Marini. So you guys are going to want to make sure and stay tuned to the end of the episode because we are doing a really fun giveaway with Jan. So once you listen to this episode... Your mind will be blown. This is the order of events. Your mind will be blown. You will learn so much just like we did. I literally just re-listened to it and I learned so much. And then you're going to have the opportunity to win some of her products. So make sure to stay tuned to the end of the show. 
Um, okay, so we're here with Jan Marini of uh, Jan Marini Skin Research, and we're so excited. We are obvious, we're huge into skincare. We love talking about it, and you are a major expert. So thank you so much for being here because we are very excited to ask you all of our questions. Well, it's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Of course. Yeah. So do you want to explain a little bit of what you do and who you are? Well, thank you. I have been a product researcher now for well over 40 years. And back in the early days, my expertise is really in the area of ingredients. You know, when you pick up a skincare product, you see the ingredient listing and you, whether you're an expert or a physician, it's mysterious. And you don't know, Mm -hmm. is it really going to make my acne better? Is it going to make it worse? Is it really going to help my fine lines and wrinkles? And I did a lot of lecturing to physicians and medical professionals and skincare professionals. And then I started doing a lot of radio and television. It lends itself really well to talk shows. And as time went on, I began to develop associations with physicians and researchers literally all over the world. And I really started to focus on uncovering and identifying breakthrough technologies. And I always qualify breakthrough because anytime somebody comes to market with something, they always say it's a breakthrough, right? But this, mm-hmm. these were things that weren't in the marketplace. And I was an early glycolic acid pioneer. And this goes back to the early to mid 80s. Uh, and you mm-hmm. couldn't find glycolic acid in department stores or drug stores. Do you, do you know you could get it for cleaning stains off your driveway? And around 1989, going into 1990, I financed and brought to market two product lines. I'm going back a few years, but it, MB formulations and MB Forte. And that was interesting for several reasons because it was the first glycolic acid line. I made a decision I was going to market it through physician offices. That was unheard of. Physicians did not dispense product. Mm-hmm. And you know, this is my fourth business, but I have to tell you, that was the most difficult time I'd ever had in a career because people were incensed that you would ask them to sell product out of their office. And then it was unique for another reason, because in 1994, it was the first time that a pharmaceutical firm purchased a company in the professional market. That was Allergan. They purchased the MD Formulations, MD Forte. And then in 1994, July 1, 1994, I took down the MD Formulation sign and put up the January Skin Research sign. Wow. Dang, powerhouse. I know, seriously. Okay, so what made you get started in like so passionate about skincare? Was it something that was going on with your skin or the skin of some people around you? Or yeah, like how did you get into that? I've been asked that question a lot of times and I don't know if I have a really good answer. I always remember being just really, really interested in skin. Now I will say I had three brothers that were quite a bit older than me they all had acne to one degree or another. And I think that that kind of terrified me, the idea that, you know, that I could get acne. But I was really fortunate as a teenager, I had absolutely perfect skin. I was in the two percentile where I never had a breakout. When I turned 19, I developed severe cystic acne. What? That was when I started developing acne too. Yeah, I I feel like like that's so much more common than we think it is. Yeah. Well, acne is an epidemic among women in their twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, and beyond. Mm -hmm. And it's so it's it's so usual. I hear it so much for people to say, "Well, I had it as a teenager; it kind of went away, but then it came back when I was twenty or Mm twenty-five or 30. And if you're a teenager, usually you kind of have acne, you know, like on the forehead, maybe on the cheek area. 
But most adults, it's perioral and around the jawline. And oftentimes it's more nodular and cystic than it was mm. as a teenager. But I became a two-time Accutane failure. Wow. And, um, and, and there is no cure for acne. You can manage it. Even Accutane is not a cure. Mm -hmm. And so I never break out. I've been able to completely manage my acne. I never have a breakout. I never have any kind of a, um, even a, a just clogged pores. So mm. you, you can manage it. You can get complete total clearing. Come and do my skincare for me every <laughs> single day, please. I want to go back uh, to glycolic acid. I love mm -hmm. glycolic acid. Um, and uh, I think um, as far as our listeners are concerned, a lot of them are interested in, interested in skincare, but they don't know how to get their foot in the door. And they're so freaked out, even by the word acid. Um, <laughs> and so can you can you talk about glycolic acid sure. and like uh, what it does and like how to use it even? So glycolic acid is an alpha hydroxy acid. And actually it occurs naturally in sugarcane. Now that doesn't mean we take sugarcane and extract glycolic acid because there wouldn't be enough sugarcane. So you go through a process, it's a synthetic process, but it's it's like cloning it. It's, it's identically the same. And it's a very tiny molecule. Now it, it has the word acid and I know exactly what you're talking about because when I first started talking about glycolic acid, people are horrified you're putting mm -hmm. an acid on your skin. Technically glycolic acid is a moisturizer. And it actually has the ability to increase the substances in your skin that give you volume and moisture. So in between your cells, the stratum corneum, which are dead cells, you have mucopolysaccharides and ceramides and phospholipids and hyaluronic acid, and they act as a barrier. They give you barrier function, and they also hold on to a lot of water. And this what gives your, makes your skin look radiant and nice and plump and soft. Well, glycolic actually increases those substances. Now, in addition, what it does is it dissolves and dislodges the glue-like substance or cellular cement between cells. So it does that on the outside of the skin. And it causes the cells to lift away without inflammation, without being abrasive. And so it completely resurfaces the skin. And that's one of the reasons why the skin looks so smooth and so glowing and the pores look so small and everything looks so refined. And it can have a dramatic effect in fine lines and wrinkles. Now, it, it can be, be a lot more complex than that. But what the other thing that glycolic acid does, kind of on, on not taking it too deep, is because it's such a tiny molecule, it goes into the follicle. Now, even your favorite cleanser, your favorite cleanser in the entire world, it's not gonna get into your follicle. But glycolic acid can, and what does it do when it's in the follicle? It dissolves and dislodges the glue-like substance or cellular cement between cells. When your cells stick together, that's the beginning of the acne process. So it helps interrupt the acne process. It's an anti-inflammatory. It's been shown in studies to stimulate collagen. Do you know of all the skincare ingredients in the world that have been studied medically? And when I say medically, I mean histological studies, biopsies, presented at medical conferences, all of them in the world. There are two that have been studied more than any other. And one are the retinoids and the other one is glycolic acid. That's wild. Wait, you said so it helps produce collagen. It does. Um, there have been a lot of studies, histological studies. In fact, in one study, it actually showed that glycolic acid produced as much collagen using it every day 
as having a 35% TCA peel, trichloracetic acid peel. And that's a, that's a, that's a pretty uh-huh. aggressive peel. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that is actually incredible. Is glycolic acid usually used? Does it depend on the chemical peel? I don't know in like ingredients and chemical peels, but so, is know, glycolic a, acid common? It, it, it is. So you can have, you know, there can be something where there is a kind of a mild glycolic acid sort of exfoliating peel that estheticians do. And you can have one done every couple of weeks and it really helps to progressively help with acne and smooth the skin. And it kind of takes your skin to a level of rejuvenation quicker. So Mm -hmm. it doesn't, it doesn't eliminate the home care. And then you can go into a much stronger glycolic acid peel. And you can also put glycolic acid with other kinds of peeling agents. The idea of a peel is that what you're trying to do is you're trying to create a controlled wounding. And when you do that, it stimulates collagen. Mm -hmm. And when you stimulate collagen, it helps with the appearance of acne scarring because you're kind of helping to fill in the dermis, helps with fine lines and wrinkles. You know, you're also maybe trying to even skin tone. So it so how aggressive that peel is, then that's going to determine what your downtime is going to be. You know, are you just going to be a little bit red or are you going to have more of a, a little crusting or a little bit, a lot more peeling? Um, but glycolic acid, yes, is used in many superficial peels. So is glycolic acid something that you use daily? Like, is it in a cleanser or is it something separate? Because I've noticed with myself when I try to deal with, my, I only break out on my chin. That's just, it doesn't matter what I do. I feel like I'm battling between dr- super dry skin because of stuff that they give you. It's like, you know, like acne gel and it like completely destroys my skin or I'm dealing with breakouts. So is there something like that that you can do that isn't going to do that because you were saying that it's not inflammatory right yeah do you have like suggestions yeah like so what's your glycolic acid so um actually and i'll give you the suggestion for acne but with regard to glycolic acid so glycolic acid actually can be incredibly gentle but what happens is oftentimes the base or the cleanser that they put it in can be disruptive so for example, um, with our bioglycolic facial cleanser, I use a base that's very similar to Cetaphil. Now, most people have heard of Cetaphil because doctors mm-hmm. love to recommend it. If you have an allergic reaction or you have really reactive skin, some people can't even use water. They recommend Cetaphil. So it's so incredibly, sensitive. it's mm-hmm. so, this cleanser is so gentle. So, but what it's doing is it is reorganizing the stratum corneum because as you age, what happens is your stratum corneum out here actually gets thicker and it looks coarser. It looks, it doesn't look as radiant. It doesn't look as refined. You start to see crepey texture, maybe little fine lines, but your dermis, which is 80% collagen, it gets thinner. And what you want is you want a really thick, robust dermis. Cause when you hit 20, you start losing about one to 2% a year and your previous sun exposure and smoking and lifestyle and all those things can make it a lot worse. So you, when you get into fifties or sixties, you can lose as much as 60 or 70% of your dermis. So you want a thick dermis, you want a really thin stratum corneum. Now that's what glycolic does. And it also helps interrupt the acne process. So I use it twice a day now, but with regard to acne, there's two things that you have to do. And I always say that there's there's no um, negotiation. 
on this one. You can do anything you want, but if you really want complete total clearing, so one, you have to interrupt the acne process. The second one is you have to deal with C. acne bacteria. Okay, now, C. acne bacteria is harmless. You can't catch it, you can't spread it, but you have it in your body and you have it everywhere. And like I have it on the outside of my skin right now, even though I don't have any acne. But what happens with C. acne bacteria is in the follicle, when the cells are sticking together, what they do is they trap oil. And the C. acne bacteria also gets trapped. And what it does is it eats the oil. And then it excretes a fatty acid byproduct. Now that byproduct is really corrosive. And what it does is it wears down your follicle walls. If everything stayed in your follicle, you'd never break out. But when it wears down, you can get a leak, a rupture, or a blowout. A leak near the top of the follicle, you're going to get a little papular pustule. You get a rupture in the middle of the follicle, you're going to end up with a nodule or a mini cyst. If you get a where the follicle looks like it just blew up, you're going to get a full-blown cyst. So what you have to do is you have to introduce something to go after the P. acne bacteria. Now, some of the things you've used are what's causing all the dryness. So here's what I recommend. We have something called duality. Now duality is a product with two chambers and one chamber is benzoyl peroxide. Now, everybody who's watching and listening, they're gonna say, but Jan, benzoyl peroxide, that's exactly what dries our skin out. It's this teenage medication. This is something that is a different benzoyl peroxide. It was actually tested in weather that was 20 degrees below zero by Dr. Jaggi Rao, who's a board certified derm in Canada and in the US. And the patients in the study, their skin was actually more hydrated after the study than before the study. What? So here's how benzoyl peroxide works. Benzoyl forces peroxide in the follicle. It releases oxygen. P. acne bacteria can't live in oxygen. It kills it better than anything we have ever seen. Now, this benzoyl peroxide, which is not what you get by prescription, not what you get in the drugstore, not what you get on infomercial, it is a different micron size and it goes in faster and it bypasses the surface and it doesn't dry. So you can't kill C. acne bacteria permanently. It, that would be bactericidal. So you have to do bacteria static. And what you have to do is you have to kill it every day. So if I missed one day, I guarantee you, it might be a few days, but I would break out. Hmm. So I do this every single day. And then the second chamber, so I mix this together in my hand. The second chamber is a retinoid. Now, retinoids are a gold standard for acne, but they're a gold standard for aging. So I can take somebody's skin and I can completely de-age it and get them completely clear, manage their acne. And I, I do this all the time. Influencers where they're, you know, their whole thing is to talk about their acne. Mm -hmm. celebrities, um, just our whole marketplace. If you do it correctly, you can get complete total clearing and you can manage it. And somebody who is 20 or 30 or 40 or 50, if they're also dealing with all the concerns that they have about, well, my skin is starting to look older or discolored, we can tr address those issues at the same time. We can provide those solutions. You know, I, I, I talked about having acne at 19, but you know, it's when you address one concern, it doesn't mean you don't have others. You know, you could have a concern. Mm -hmm. You could say, well, now I'm getting discoloration or now I'm getting, you know, my pores are larger or I'm getting fine lines. 
So it's about being able to address all your concerns. And I'm no different than anyone else. Now, tomorrow's my birthday. I'm going to be 71. <gasps> Congratulations. And I have, happy, birthday. happy birthday. Thank you. So I have the same concerns as anyone else. Mm -hmm. But I found a way to address my concerns. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. So someone's listening, or I'm just talking about myself, <laughs> and they want to figure out their acne. And you did say products, but just to reiterate. Mm -hmm. So let's say they're like, I want to take control of this right now what were the two products that they can go buy and how should they be using those on a daily basis? Well, what I do is I recommend the skincare management system, which is actually a group of products. It's a cleanser, a sunscreen, three products in between. And it deals with the a multitude of con concerns such as acne and it, any, you know, it could be rosacea, it could be a number of other concerns. Um, and then in addition to that duality, and one thing I wanna mention, in that skincare management system, and I talked about the the, glyco the glycolic in the bioglycolic facial cleanser, but in the skincare management system is a product called BioClear. It's glycolic, salicylic, and azelaic acid. Now, people always say, "Well, how can you address so many concerns, or how can you address everybody's concern in a, in in one system?" Well, azelaic acid is sold by prescription for acne. It's sold by prescription for rosacea. It's one of the best resurfacing agents we've ever seen for fine lines and wrinkles. It's also a pigment lifting agent for discoloration. Wait, and then, okay, I've never, I've never heard of this thing. You have to go into a little bit deeper. What is it called again? Azelaic acid. So it's Azelaic very, it's, acid. It's, it's very common in the dermatology community. Azelaic okay. acid is actually a, a dicarboxylic acid that's derived from wheat and barley, but it's used by prescription for acne, for rosacea, but it's also a pigment lifting agent. And again, it's one of the best resurfacing agents we've seen for fine lines and wrinkles or like the appearance of follicles, pores and things like that. Okay, we, so if I don't have those issues, but I you know, want to resurface my skin, mm -hmm. I could use something like that. It's like safe enough for me to use. Exactly, so anybody wow. who goes on the system, everybody, you know, I could be talking mm -hmm. with, I could be talking with a world famous celebrity and they're gonna start on the system. I could be talking with a, you know, world famous physician, they're going to start on the system. And that's the starting point for everyone because it addresses so many concerns in, in terms of just the texture and just um, if your skin is, is it tends to, to be red or if you have discoloration, it's going to help even out the skin tone. And then in addition to that would be the duality. Okay. So this might be a dumb question is <laughs> all of my questions are just dumb. Um, is retinoid the same as tretinoin well it's in the same family okay because so, i use tretinoin but okay. i've been really questioning of if Me that's too. correct to do that or not yeah no actually okay so i think everyone should use a retinoid for a couple of reasons that i'm going to get to but the, the question is you know a lot of times i'll say to people what do you think the difference is between prescription retin-a which is tretinoin or retinoic acid and and um retinol and usually nine times out of 10, people say, well, the, the prescription retinoid is stronger. And of course you think it's stronger because your skin is gonna be having to acclimate and typically goes mm -hmm. through redness and all that. Okay, here's the deal. You have receptor sites in your skin for, a, a, for retinoids. Actually there's three, there's alpha, beta, and gamma. 
Now, what happens when you put a retinoid on your skin, there's an enzyme and we all have this enzyme. So when you put retinol on your skin, that enzyme converts it into retinoic acid, same as in the prescription. Now, but when you go through a conversion, sometimes conversions can be two to one, like you lose something or three to one or four to one. In this case, it's 10 to one. You need 10 times more retinol to equal what you would get in a retinoid, okay? Now, that doesn't sound like rocket science. You just say, well, let's just do 10 times more. But Dr. Kligman, who died a number of years ago, he was the one who invented Retin-A, University of Pennsylvania, arguably the most famous derm in the world. And for years he wrote about that retinol works better and is more bioavailable. Well, why didn't he use that? Well, because when you do that conversion 10 times more, it is so much more harsh and difficult to use. I used to joke, it's like taking paint off your walls. So what we've been able to do, this is kind of our claim to fame, is we've been able to take a retinoid and actually make it so that it's virtually give it that 10 times more where it's equal to even go beyond the prescription and 78% of patients in our, in our study, 78% had no side effects, zero. 12% might have a little bit of slight, maybe slight redness in the beginning or a little slight flaking, which you just simply manage by using it, you know, every other night. So they don't have the same acclimation that you would with the prescription retinoid. And actually the derm that was in one of the studies said, I will never again prescribe a prescription retinoid to a patient unless they beg for it because this works so much better. Because in addition to the retinoid, we have peptides and we have anti-inflammatories and other things that enhance that whole experience. Okay, so if so, should we be using your retinoid or should we be using tretinoin? I think I just because I hear a lot of people say that it can be like really harsh for your skin and it's not good to do it long term. And then I hear other people say that it's great and you should use it all the time. Okay, like a miracle. Yeah. yeah. So this is this is part two. You do need to use it all the time. So okay. You know, you hear people say all the time talk about well, all the sun damage that you have and all these things that you see throughout your lifetime is sun damage, right? Well, what we're really saying is that 90 to 95% of what you perceive as inevitable aging, when you first look in the mirror and you start to see little, little things coming up, that was programmed into your skin for the most part before the age of 10. It takes 10, mm -hmm. 20, 30 years to show up. Now, when we say programmed in your skin, so this is, this is, this is really gonna be an eye opener. Now, here's what I'm talking about. Your genes are made up of DNA. And some of your genes are expressive genes. They express that information. It's the only information your body will listen to. If you broke a bone, you had a hangnail, you had a sunburn, whatever it is, you're going to end up with it for the rest of your life unless your body looks at those instructions. And that's how it knows what to do. Now, when you're born, those instructions are perfect. And you're developing and you're growing and your brain is getting bigger and you're getting taller. And that's what is known as an anabolic state. Now you can be picking up little compromised scratches along the way on your DNA, but you're still repairing really well. Now you hit the age of 20 and around 20 to 23, you go into what's known as a catabolic state. So you're starting to decline. You just don't notice it, but you know, internally and externally. You're I've declining. noticed it. <laughs> <laughs> now I feel it. <laughs> and the reason why 
you're declining is because your that DNA has so many scratches on it that the instructions aren't being interpreted the same way. You're not repairing mm-hmm. as perfectly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, this is not me saying this. This is an actual medical fact. Mm-hmm. The right retinoid, not just going into the drugstore or the department store, but the right retinoid actually repairs the instructions coming from your DNA. And I could take two twin girls, put them on the same skincare program, and one uses a retinoid and one doesn't. And in 10 years, one will look 10 or 15 years younger than the other. And that's a fact. There's nothing in the world, no matter what anybody tells you, like, oh, there's this herbal thing that kind of acts like, (laughs) you know, retinoid. Uh Uh-uh. It corrects instructions coming from your DNA. It's extraordinary. It tends to keratosis, which are precancerous lesions. It can get rid of them. That's a fact. Whoa. It's we could, you know, we could we could go on and on. And so yeah. it's it's such an extraordinary ingredient. But there's a there's a lot that goes into the formulation that people don't understand. And just because they're using one doesn't mean that they're using a really effective one. So um that, you know, it just the, the ability to de-age skin is again, it's truly extraordinary. So, you know, in my newest journey of life, being crunchy, I look at ingredients for literally everything. Like I go into a store and that's the first thing I do. I beeline to ingredients and it's so hard to find literally anything. Even health stuff has crap in it. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) It's horrible. Yeah. And so to find something that actually works is amazing. And that's, I mean, we found that with Organifi Mm -hmm. through and through and the one thing that I love about Organifi is that they're it's all plant-based and organic and it has less than three grams of sugar, which is like that already is Wild. like, okay, sign me up. Yeah. What else do you have? Mm-hmm. So what are some things that you've been liking? I know you like cold drinks. I'm more of like a hot drinker, but there's some really cool cold drinks. I really like their green juice. Um, I've had a really hard time getting my greens in being an entrepreneur so either I'm like I have a really small break to make my food so I'm like just trying to throw spinach in which you need so much to actually get Mm -hmm. enough iron for your day or whatever it is I've been liking the green juice because in the morning I already like to have a lemon water first thing in the morning it's so good for you I just add the green juice to it just Mm -hmm. a scoop of the green juice powder you mix it up and then you get the amount of greens that you need in the day of course, it's a supplement, so it's just to add on to everything that I need for the day. But it helps so much with my stress, trying to figure out how am I going to get enough broccoli on the side or, you know, like I'm always thinking about how can I like make things interesting throughout the day and also literally reduces your stress because it has ashwagandha in it. And I was just talking to you about this before that when I went to the doctor because I was having anxiety and I told her I was like I don't want to go on anything synthetic like what can I do Mm -hmm. and she was like go get ashwagandha and she actually prescribed me a dosage of that it has changed my life so to know that there is something with ashwagandha already in it that tastes good that has a ton of other stuff 600 milligrams of ashwagandha that's so it it actually really really works and you don't have to take a pill on top of everything else (sighs) we hate pills we hate gags i know so you can use code salt and pepper and you can get 20 percent off not just one product but your entire order which is amazing, um, especially if you're buying supplements every single month anyway. It's like get this in one shot. You get 20% off. Um, you can also go to the landing page. That's in our show notes below. And it will just automatically add the code at checkout, which is awesome. Yeah, that's so nice. So again, that is code salt and pepper spelled it out. 
S-A-L-T-A-N-D-P-E-P-P-E-R. Yours has PP in it. <laughs> for 20% off. Um, so like we said, guys, you can use code salt and pepper for 20% off or head to the show notes below. And seriously, go try these drinks. They're so good. Yeah, it's so good. Okay, so when you go in, when you, a person goes into a drugstore and they see something that says has retin- retinol. retinol or retin-A, that's different than a retinoid and like a tretinoin. No, they're all retinoids. They're all retinoids. So, okay. So it's just the it amount. Says, so, retin- so retin-A, which is a brand name, is tretinoic acid. That's a prescription. And retinol, you can get over the counter, but you're typically getting such tiny amounts because again- it goes through a conversion, so you lose something. So you're getting such tiny amounts that you're you're only getting a very minimal response. Hmm. And so what I'm talking about when I work with a retinoid is I'm talking about something that's much, much stronger. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Because over the counter, it has to be like a, it's like diluted. Well, no, it's just that if, if so, for example, let's just say Neutrogena, which makes a, a good product, uh-huh. let's just say that they put a high amount of retinol in there. There's nothing against the law for them to do that. Mm. It just is, they, do they want all the lawsuits from people saying, oh my God, you just fried my skin? Right. So, what I'm that saying is, way. we've been able to work with those very high amounts uh-huh. and keep it from having that reaction. Well, I'll just ask you a personal questions. Sure. So, as far well, it's not personal, but. Um, I'm I'm curious. Uh, where is it? Where do you most commonly sell your products? Okay, our products are sold in what we call the professional market. So that would be physician offices, and that could be derms. It could be plastics. I have um, anesthesiologists that have uh, medi spas. Um, mm-hmm. That brings up another thing. Um, I'm huge on TikTok. Do not look at any of our content that we've put out because I follow trends. <laughs> not me. Like her. it's the like it's my life goal. <laughs> and like I was made to do that. And there's so many stupid things going on in the TikTok to. world. I have officially set a goal that I'm not just going to follow trends and just buy things because two people said that it worked for them. Um, so I'm I'm working on my barrier, my my skin barrier Jan, right she now. was using no. antibacterial soap on her face for a week i did it once and, i did it okay, once. one time it and i was week. so nervous i was so nervous <laughs> it for was her a tiktok trend and safety. it was a tiktok <laughs> trend i was going through it i'm un, un- you have amazing skin so i feel like you can do that i know i was going through some stuff and i like trying new <laughs> things um unfortunately i do have an aesthetics license i should know better um, so, but one thing, um, I do love following people who actually like know their stuff on TikTok and someone was talking about the, the difference between professional products mm-hmm. and over the counter products. So mm-hmm. do you kind of want to talk about like the importance and like, also like we want to be realistic as far as what's doable for most people, sure. but like maybe the importance of like maybe certain products, getting them a little bit nicer or like whenever you can splurge. So, so first of all, that's a great question. I'm I'm kind of thinking about how I want to answer that because it's so important. So number one, when people are looking for products, the market is so seductive. There's so much rhetoric out there. Mm -hmm. And really what you want to look for is you want to look for a solution. And I always say, 
I don't want another product. I want a solution. The average woman has over $700 in product in her bathroom she doesn't use. So just because Sounds somebody right. comes out and they say, okay, this is a fabulous product. You know, we, 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 some professor was working on wound healing and came up with this wonderful molecule. It doesn't mean it's going to make your acne go away. It doesn't mean it's going to make your discoloration better. It, it, you may not really notice much of anything, but you may spend a lot of money. So the first thing you want to do is you want to ask yourself, if there was something I can change or improve about my skin, what would it be? Now, usually people will give their first concern. They might say, well, I break out. Okay, what else would you like to change or improve? Well, I wish my pores were smaller. Well, I have lines around my eyes. Well, I have some discoloration. That's your runway. And you, anything you use should be specifically designed to address those concerns and should have validation, okay? And think about how you'd feel about your skin if you've addressed every one of your concerns. That almost sounds like not real. I know. And Doesn't it you is say crazy. That? I'm, I'm like, like that but can't do they happen. actually do that? It sounds so silly, but I'm like, yeah, I'll like buy products that I know are meant for my skin and like the things I need to target. But when I see certain things like evening skin tone or mm -hmm. like skin discoloration, I'm like, I don't even believe that. Like, I'm not even going to buy something. I know that sounds dumb. So it, and, and you're, and you're absolutely right, because I'm going to say as a product researcher, nine times out of 10, they're, they don't have the technology or the ingredients mm -hmm. that are actually going to do that. Mm. And it's not a matter of whether it is a product in the professional market or a product in the commercial marketplace. So to give you an example, everybody thinks that the professional market, because maybe it's being sold out of a spa or a doctor's office, somehow it's got to be better. It's no. medical grade. Well, first of all, there's no such thing as medical grade because if you have water in the product, it's going to be the same water that's in a pharmaceutical product. If you have an ingredient that's a binder, let's say uh, butylene glycol, okay, it's going to be the same butylene glycol, whether it's in a pharmaceutical product or whether it's in a cosmetic product. So what determines whether something is a drug are claims, and that's FDA. The FDA does not regulate skincare. So let's just say... I said to you guys, I said, you know what? Let's go into business together. Let's go in the kitchen. Let's cook let's up. Let's do it. Let's do it right let's, now. <laughs> let's, let's cook up something that's, you know, some cool so-called organic product, okay, in our kitchen. And we'll stick it in bottles and we'll put a label on it. And there's a medical conference coming up. There's, you know, 100 medical conferences a year, but 200. There's a medical conference coming up. And for $3,000, we can put a table out in the exhibit hall. And we'll put our products on that table. And you know what? Somebody's going to buy them. Mm -hmm. Now we're in business. Mm -hmm. Did we do it in a GMP lab, which stands for good manufacturing practices, which is where you should, which is the same lab that's used for drug products? Did we, did we do it in, in, did we analyze it? Did we go through all the proper analysis to make sure what, what about bacteria? What was the oversight? So you can go and buy a product in the professional market and literally have no oversight. On the other hand, if I'm an Estee Lauder or I'm a Lancome, or a Clarence or whatever, you got to believe I have a lot of oversight because I've got deep pockets and boy, mm -hmm. if I don't do something mm -hmm. right, I'm going to be in big trouble. Yeah. So what you have to then go to is what is the validation? What is the research? And what is that company doing to demonstrate that they have that oversight? That's important. And is it something that's really going to be able to address those issues? So 
one of the reasons why um, I picked the physician marketplace was number one, I felt that physicians who are treating all these common concerns should be offering things that really can make a difference. And also I wanted that validation. If a physician is going to put their, they're going to endorse a product, they're going to make it available out of their office, then typically it's because they really believe that product works and has tremendous efficacy. And so I wanted to be able to provide that real solutions. And the fact is, and this is one of the reasons why I just love doing all the IG live interviews and podcasts, because I want to really be able to educate the public as well as educating professionals in really what works and what doesn't work. Like you talked about discoloration and there really are technologies out there that can completely manage discoloration, no cure for it. Technologies that can manage rosacea, acne, all of those kinds of things. But it's really about the technology and whether or not that ingredient or ingredients actually work. And there's no law that says that a product has to work. It's true. Oh, isn't that so annoying? That is so annoying. <laughs> so when it comes to fine lines and wrinkles, um, I'm under the impression that injectables are the only way to really fix that. But is there actual serums? And I'm not talking maybe about like very deep lines. We're talking about like us starting. Like, yeah, we're, we're, we're starting getting signs to see stuff. of wrinkles or maybe we're, you know, crow's feet. Um is is there things that can reverse that or is it too late okay. once you're seeing it? That's a that's a really good question because there's good two question. types two types of lines and wrinkles. Full disclosure. So the first type of line and wrinkle is what you would get from sun exposure. Okay? Okay. Kind of talked about that a little bit. The second one is called dynamic muscle movement. Now, dynamic muscle movement has to do with if you lived in a cave and you never saw the sun, but you went like this and this and this, you get a crease in the muscle because some muscles overwork. And so what happens is they literally crease and that crease then makes a crease in your skin. Mm -hmm. You can put all the cream on that that you want and you're not gonna get rid of it. And that's yeah. no better than Botox. That's, that's, don't listen to all that. So that's where neurotoxins come in, where Botox and various other brands that are out there, that what they're doing is they are causing the overworked muscle. They're kind of putting it to sleep temporarily. Mm -hmm. Other muscles take over, but that line goes away, usually within about a week or so. You know, so that's the miracle. Now, when, you, when we're talking about injectables, which are primarily hyaluronic acid injectables, you're talking about either specifically putting volume in a specific line, or you're talking about adding volume, for example, to the cheek area. But you can't really go through when you've got a crepey texture and fine lines and say, okay, I'm just gonna inject every single little thing on that whole face. So the physicians that, that we work with, and, and I've over the years I've spoke at many medical conferences um, all over the world, um, is there is you have to have quality of skin and quality of skin has to do with the, the amount of collagen you have and these factors that you have in the skin, these glycosaminoglycans and whether or not you're actually keeping a very thin compact stratum corneum and a nice, thick, robust dermis. Um, you know, 
I'm a big believer in injectables, but it's a slippery slope. Injectables mm -hmm. don't give you good skin. Mm -hmm. Cosmetic right. surgery doesn't give you good skin, but skincare doesn't prevent cosmetic surgery because there's something called quantity of skin and quality of skin. Hmm. Okay. You, you have quality skin, so you don't have too much to worry about. I, I, be, I think a lot of it's genetics. Like when it comes to the only thing I will say is because I'm very fair skinned and I have freckles, I've worn sunscreen mm -hmm. my whole life. So I do see the difference in maybe wrinkles around my eyes or whatever. But I also can look at my mom who's in her 60s mm -hmm. and I'm like, you look great, Amazing. you know, so yeah. it's it is hard sometimes. But I do think it is important. I mean, one thing is uh, the best thing I've ever done is trained my boyfriend to when I'm squinting, I tell him to tell me to stop. <laughs> the best thing I've ever done. Um, but OK, so. So I think that's really good to go into sunscreen. Oh my because, gosh, that's what I was just going to yeah, say. I preach this from the mountaintops. None of my friends wear sunscreen <gasps> and it <gasps> truly, it like hurts me deeply because I'm, like, they, I'm about to wear sun gloves. Oh, I know. I'm, I'm I like, need to buy some. <laughs> they just genuinely don't understand what it does to your skin. Mm -hmm. But because you are 1 million times smarter, I would love for you to <laughs> explain. To preach it for us. Yes. What does sun do to your skin and the importance of quality sunscreen not just like your banana boat you're getting at the, at okay. the drugstore okay i'm briefly going to break this down into the four segments of aging number one okay. is heredity heredity so you're lucky now heredity though is really about bone structure so if you want to know how you're going to age look at mom or dad or grandma or grandpa because it depends on do they have high cheekbones do they have a prominent jawline do they have a nice long neck okay that's how the tissue the framework holds everything up Second one. Wait, can call... I ask something no. as far as that's concerned? So what does that mean if you have high cheekbones and a long neck? And a so, okay. So, so, okay. A good example I'll use is Sophia mm -hmm. Lauren. Sophia Lauren. Uh huh. Now she's in her 80s. And I'm not saying she hasn't aged and she really hasn't done any cosmetic surgery, but you can still see she has these nice high cheekbones. Mm -hmm. Her face still ha is defined because mm -hmm. she has great bone structure and mm -hmm. large eye sockets and a long neck. So if you, for example, when you're doing a facelift, you're lifting everything up, right? Mm -hmm. But if your bones are keeping everything lifted, then you're not going to have as much sagging or as much deterioration. Okay. So heredity, right? But your mom still looks good. She looks great. We, I just yeah. don't have cheekbones, but it's fine. My mom looks really amazing for her yeah. age and she has the most insane cheekbones I you've know. seen. Mm -hmm. On, on a, a woman my dad yeah. has great structure too oh, i just i saw a woman at christmas time that wow. was she's, uh -huh. eight, she's 80 and she just has these i mean her cheek bones you could you could cut cut something with them they're so <laughs> sharp but it's just held everything up she has you know she has contour okay the second one is what we call mm -hmm. intrinsic aging now intrinsic aging intrinsic aging is things like let me give you an example by the age of 60 80% of all females will lose the show of upper teeth. Now, what do I mean by that? You look at a fashion magazine, even if the model is not smiling broadly, well-defined vermilion border, upturned lip, nice and full. But if you think about grandma, lots of times, unless she's smiling broadly, you see the lower teeth, not the upper teeth. It's called horse lip. <laughs> That's a very bad name, name the doctors yeah, have. They call it horse lip. And so... But believe it or not, back in Renaissance days, if you could afford to have yourself painted for perpetuity, mm -hmm. they would actually, a good painter would actually shorten 
the appearance of your upper lip would make you look many years younger. Now, okay, so the other thing is, okay, so, so again, intrinsic aging. Everything elongates. Your nose doesn't keep growing, but it can actually elongate if it's prominent to begin with, and it can broaden through the base. Earlobes will elongate, about a third of a centimeter in men, a little bit less in women. And, so, and also, you lose volume. So there's something called the youthful triangle, okay? It looks like a triangle like this. And that's where you, you, the widest part of your face should be the nice high cheekbones, and it should narrow down to a well-defined jawline. As you age, this all falls forward, and pretty soon this is the widest part of the face, and this is narrower. It flattens out. Wild. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm only hitting the high points. Now let me, this leads mm -hmm. to the, the final point in intrinsic aging, and that is as women age, they become more masculinized in facial appearance. As men age, they become more masculinized in facial appearance. They, we think that's a good thing, but for women, it's not a good thing. So here's what happens. The most feminine part of the female face, it's not the eyes, it's not the jawline, it's the cheek. Mm. Now, as you age, <laughs> the cheek will start to fall. You'll start to see a smile line. Then you'll see a nasal labial fold. And then mm. as it flattens, it looks more masculine. Now think about this. We're all guilty of this. You happen to see this little old couple. They've been married for 50 years. And you look at them and you go, oh my God, they're so cute. They actually look alike. Mm -hmm. That's because oh. the female face has flattened and become more masculinized. Oh now, my gosh. Everything oh. I've just talked about, that's cosmetic surgery. And that's a personal choice. If somebody says, mm -hmm. okay, I want my cheek yeah. pads back up. I want my jawline defined. But now the third segment, so let me just tell you that second segment that everybody, I could go on and on. And everybody goes, oh my God, that sounds so depressing. That is four to 5% of the aging process. 90 to 95% is sun exposure. So nowhere in that segment did I say anything about- <laughs> So you're about, fine. <laughs> nowhere did I say anything about brown spots. I didn't say anything about lines and wrinkles. I didn't say anything about, you know, um, crepey texture. I didn't say anything about all the things that your friends so are true. going to see. That's all within their control. 100% is sun exposure. So 90 wow. to 95. And, and not only that, but I wish I could show everybody pictures of people that have had half their face removed because they had a basal cell carcinoma oh, that they didn't take yeah. care of or mm -hmm. their lip removed or their nose. Um, it's so it's, it's, it's not just a cosmetic issue, it's a health issue, right? <clears throat> but it is within our control and sun protection is so important. And here's the other thing, you could be wearing the best sunscreen in the world. You're still gonna absorb in as much as 3% radiation. Hmm. That's a lot. Yeah. That's yeah. why you've got to use a retinoid because it can reverse okay. We're good. what's happening in your DNA. <laughs> That's why you have to you also use other kinds of topicals. And you know, aging is an inflammatory disease. Literally, in a sense, we're all rusting to death. It's inflammation, heart disease, inflammation, Alzheimer's, mm -hmm. inflammation, diabetes, inflammation. Mm -hmm. Guess wow. where guess where we get most of our inflammation? Radiation from the sun. Dang. When you come in contact with the sun, it's not like the sun's going, well, let me see, it's gonna take me about 10 or 15 minutes to start to damage you. It starts to damage you immediately. And that reaction that it triggers can go on for 48 hours, even if you go indoors. Mm. 
that is so crazy i've never heard about sun exposure to this extent and it is so it already was so important to me like i'm not kidding this morning i was wearing gloves yeah driving and i was like oh i need to buy like actual driving gloves so that like when it's uh, i mean our uv exposure is like really low right now but even now like you can always be i'm always wearing even if i know i'm going to be in the house all day I put on sunscreen because it's coming through your windows. Like you can't, you're going to go get the mail. You're going to be exposed to it. Like always have like a dust on hand. Like you can't like care too much about it. I think my um, uh, great grandmother had her part of her nose removed from um, basal cancer. Oh, it's just, it happens a lot. And, you know, um, for example, one of the biggest concerns worldwide is discoloration. You know, you hear about melasma, chalasma, you hear solar lesions, which is people that don't have uneven skin tones. And do you know that by the age of 35, if you've got skin, every human being on the face of the earth will have some type of ab- abnormal pigment from sun exposure. And if you don't have contrasting areas of pigment, you have something called background pigment, which is known medically as atinic bronzing. And what that means is if you've got an area of your body that maybe you haven't exposed to the sun for a really long time, but you look at it and it's darker than like between your thighs or something. And it just stays that way all the time. That's atinic bronzing. It happens on the face. And so that's, that's what I talk about real solutions. Now, you can look as close at my skin as you want. I don't have one brown spot. I don't have anything on my face. Okay. I'm well over 35. But what I do every single day is I use solutions that will prevent and also manage that. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think it's it's important to know as well. I'm very into health and fitness. And I also know the benefits of the sun. It helps you not getting sick. It helps you wake up. Like there's a lot of things that it can manage for you. So I feel like a lot of times when I talk to people about the sun, they're like, well, I just love being in it. I'm like, that's, I'm not saying you can't be in it. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you can't go outside or go up. on a walk, wear a hat, wear sunscreen, wear gloves, like do the best you can. And I think a lot of people see it as all or nothing. Like, well, I'm not just going to sit inside mm-hmm. all day. I'm like, no, don't do that. That's bad. Like you need to go outside, yeah. but get manageable sunscreen that you can keep with you or whatever. Well, you know, if you're absolutely right. And for example, people say, well, I won't get enough vitamin D. Well, there is a disease that some children get, genetic disease, where they can't have any sun exposure. You've heard of mm-hmm. the, like bubble kids. Yeah. And you know, it's rare for them to have a vitamin D deficiency. Whoa. So you get, vit- first of all, you can take it in through your iris. Go outside for five minutes without sunglasses. Wear yeah. your sunscreen. I mean, there's plenty of ways. And even people who are sunbathers, vitamin D deficiency is really something that's almost epidemic. And it has, yeah. we don't think it has anything to do with sun exposure necessarily. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and stuff. yeah, there's yeah. there's just a lot of other things um, that are going on. But one of the reasons why people love to lay in the sun. So you lay in this, and I'm from San Diego. I was born and raised in San Diego. I was a surfer girl, believe me, until I was about 24, my skin was fried. And then I made a decision that I was going to wear sunscreen. But when you lay in the sun, and you're just sitting there and you're feeling sort of kind of just really sleepy and relaxed. One of the reasons is that's that sun exposure is actually affecting your immune system. And that's why you kind of feel sleepy. Not a good thing. There's never in the history of the world, I think about this in the history of the world, 
go back 300 years, 500 years, a thousand years. What group of people said, you know what? I have a three or four spare hours today. I think I'll just go lay in the sun and just stare up at it. Nobody did that. Yeah. Yeah. When we started doing that. Okay. Picture this. Coco Chanel is, is on the French Riviera mm -hmm. and she's starting to become really popular. In fact, one of the things that she has developed is she's taken a fabric called Jersey and Jersey is like, almost feels like silk, mm -hmm. but it was used for uniforms. So it was looked at as a really cheap fabric. Now she's making it very chic. She's making flowers and everything. And she's got these little outfits where she has pajama pants and little halter tops. You could wear them today. And she's wearing them on the, everybody's wearing them on the French Riviera. Now, so Coco Chanel, she's like the rage because she's taken women out of corsets and everything. She's got a boyfriend who's one of the richest guys in the world. He has a yacht. She goes off selling on this yacht for like two months. She comes back. We don't know if it's on purpose or it was by accident. She comes back with a tan. And now everybody goes, oh, my God, Coco's got a tan. We need to have a tan. And it became mm -hmm. the status symbol because if you didn't have to work and you had a lot of money yeah. and you weren't working right. seven days a week in a factory, you could afford to lay out in the sun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Crazy. Now, at after World War II... The economy boomed, people came home from the war, we started building houses in the suburbs, campers, swimming pools in the backyard. And so then it also became a status symbol that went down into more of the middle class to be able to get a tan, to show that off. The fact is, before that time, malignant melanoma was rare. Wow. Today it's epidemic. Malignant melanoma kills people 50% of the time because it metastasizes. So you don't die because you have like this malignant mole. You die because it, the malignant, the melanoma cells metastasize to your brain or your lungs. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's really a health issue. And, 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 and it's, this is something that is a phenomena in modern times. It was not an issue before that. Um, That's so crazy. Just okay. So one more question on that before we get to our silver lining. It's kind of a two part question. And this first part is going to sound really weird, but I'm asking it for a reason. So do only white people need to wear sunscreen? Because my boyfriend who's Mexican says, uh -huh. I don't need to wear sunscreen. I'm good. And I'm like, you know, I don't know how to combat you on <laughs> science, but I don't think that that is correct. And the second part to that is what type of sunscreen should people be buying? Okay. So, and I'm so glad you asked that because first of all, he's lucky. He has some built-in protection. He has some built-in mm -hmm. pigment, but he is still at very high risk for everything that anybody else is at risk for. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's harder to diagnose it because his pigment might disguise certain things. So he, and he needs to be, you know, he needs to be careful. Plus he's going to be at greater risk for discoloration because the more pigment you have in your skin, the more that the pigment cells tend to be more reactive to sun exposure and throw pigment off more unevenly. Okay. So he, okay. now, so from a health standpoint and skin cancer and all of that, he needs to protect himself. It's true that the darker pigment you have, for example, if you were, let's say really dark African-American, you could have almost the equivalent of having worn an SPF six or eight your entire life. But do you wear only an SPF eight? No, you probably wear a 30 or a 35 or whatever. So that's still a minimal protection and you can still get skin cancer and you can still get malignant melanoma. Okay. 
I'm going to play this for him. <laughs> yeah. Because he won't listen. <laughs> he, he still won't listen, but I'm going to play it for him. <laughs> awesome. Um, okay. Well, I mean, I feel like I could ask you yeah, literally one million more questions, Seriously. but um, we love to ask our guests what their silver lining is. So something good that came from something bad or challenging in any time frame. Um, is there anything that comes to mind for you? Well, you know, about, I think Jan Rainey Skin Research was around about five years. So this is going into 1999 because I think we're 27 years. Um, and I had to actually sue a chemist for stealing formulas. And it took me five years to get it to court. It was a really serious issue. And that was one of the most harrowing five years that I've ever been through. And it was, it was just, it was a time drain. It was a huge financial drain. It, it was scary. And we were in court for four months. Now we eventually, we prevailed. We had total uh, unanimous jury um, decision and also punitive damages. So we prevailed fully, but the, I think the silver lining for me was that during that time, the marketplace that I'm in, the professional market, the way that they rallied around me, the way that they gave depositions, the way that they, um, I even had some people that flew out on their own cost to the trial to actually testify on my behalf. Wow. And so just to know that anything that you put out there, anything that you do in business that you really are putting out with your heart and that you truly believe in, it does come back. And I wouldn't wow. be here today without all the individuals in the marketplace and everybody who's who's listening or watching this podcast. Wow. That's, that's amazing. so amazing. Yeah, that's incredible. Thank you so yeah, thank you. much T for taking the time. Tell everyone where uh, we can find you, follow you, buy your <laughs> products, all the uh, things. Thank you. And and it's this has been so much fun. I really yes, so appreciate fun. having this time to talk with you and maybe again sometime. Oh, absolutely. Uh, uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> 100%. We will have so many more Part questions. Part one, two, three, and four. Yeah. I think that we should do a segment that says um, Jan knows everything. Yes. Because you literally know everything. <laughs> like we give you That's a question and you're like, well, actually it goes back to this. And I'm like, you literally know everything. Yeah. <laughs> so we can find you on Instagram, right? Well, actually, um, yes, you know, you can, if you contact my office, my assistant has a list of all of the um, IG lives and podcasts and things that Perfect. I do every week. And, but yes, in fact, there was just a podcast that was released today. Oh, great. With, so we'll link, we'll link everything below for people yeah. to find you and we Thank can you. buy your products online, correct? Yes. At resellers, okay, awesome. professional resellers or jamrini.com or great. Awesome. A lot of, we'll there's a lot of different. That venues. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Hey, thank you guys. All right, Shakers. Thank you so much for listening. As promised, this episode with Jan was incredible. I, when I was re-editing this episode, I was like taking notes of what I wanted to make reels of. And all of a sudden I had like 13 reels I wanted to make. Um, Jan is just so knowledgeable. And also stay tuned because we um, are already going to do another episode with her on skincare myths, which is really fun. So we're going to go through like TikTok trends and all these different things. And we're going to talk to her about them. And she's going to tell us on a legit scientific level if what these skincare trends are, if they're good or not. So if you have any skincare myths, 
that you want Jan to answer, make sure and DM us at the Salt and Pepper Podcast on Instagram, or you can email us at the Salt and Pepper Podcast at gmail.com. You can just go to the show notes below and I'll put some links in there for you guys. But we would love to hear what some of your skincare myths are, or even if you just have questions for her, and we're going to make sure and ask her all of those questions next time she's on the show. So as promised, we are doing a giveaway with Jan. So she was talking a lot about all these different products for acne and fine lines, dark circles, all the things. Um, So one thing that I have been using is her skincare management system. We were so lucky that she sent us um, those products to try. So I've been using them since like a month and a half or so. And I'm not joking. My skin has never looked better. I am really annoyed I didn't take a before photo, but I will do a follow-up video on our stories on Instagram um, just to show you guys what my skin has been looking like um, because I mentioned in the show, but I struggle with acne and I have just gotten to a spot. I told her when we stopped recording that I have just gotten to a spot where I've just accepted I'm not going to like my skin and that I'm always going to be breaking out. And so she sent us the skincare management system. Um, she gave Lisa and I a couple different things because we had, you know, different priorities. But what's so amazing is we are going to give away one of her skincare management systems for normal and combo skin. And guys, it's worth $320. Um, and it also is the New Beauty's most awarded system. So it is legit. We're not just saying that. We're also not being sponsored. So there's no reason for us to say all this stuff. We just genuinely love her products. So what you can do to enter is go to our most recent post on Instagram and you'll see all the details of what you need to do to enter the giveaway. It's going to be super simple though, literally just a couple steps um, because we really want one of you guys to win these products. Um, And also go to the show notes below check out her systems you'll be able to you know go to the links and everything and then also stay tuned for our next episode and as a reminder let us know what some of your skincare myths are because we would love to ask her the next time we have her on so anyway we hope you guys enjoyed this episode and if it resonated with you at all or you learned anything about your skin because like how could you not screenshot this episode and share it on your stories i'll also be sharing a lot of content so even if you share one of those link to the episode and let everybody know why they need to be listening to this episode with jan um and yeah we just love to see who's listening to the show it means the world to us so screenshot our episode find us at the salt and pepper podcast and you can also find us personally at olivia crin and at it's lisa brosser and i think that's it so thank you so much for listening and we will see you guys next tuesday well shakers thanks for listening to today's show we are so happy you took the time to listen if you liked it share it on your instagram stories and tag us we will make sure to send you a message we love connecting with our audience and also love to see that you are listening to the show it truly means the world if you haven't yet please subscribe rate and review it helps our show grow you can also follow us at the salt and pepper podcast on instagram well i think that's it so we will shake it up with you next tuesday I'm all shook up.